You know, throughout this entire series, When the Fight Calls, we have talked about the spiritual fight that our enemy, the spiritual enemy, Satan, wages against us. The Apostle Paul probably put it best in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 12, when he said, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our battle isn't against people. It's against these forces of darkness that he has assembled to wage war against the people of God. In this fight, all of us have to prepare ourselves if, to face this battle. And if we don't, if we're not prepared, we will be exposed to the enemy's attacks and we will suffer the consequences that come as a result of those. And we're not just responsible for our own preparation, but those of us who are mature in the faith should look out for those who are the most vulnerable the newest in the body, or the youngest in the body. As parents and grandparents, teachers, youth leaders, elders, the list goes on, we need to help prepare specifically our children for this spiritual battle. Because in the world that you and I live in, it's filled with all kinds of traps that are designed by the enemy to ensnare our young people. The enemy will lie to them. He will tempt them. He will accuse them of all kinds of things in order to try to convince them that they need the world and that the way of this world is far better and far more meaningful, far more exciting than anything that God would say is his way. We need to make sure that they know the truth. We can help them. We can help. All of us can help. And I appreciate the pledge that many of you took for these young families that were down front. But the reality is this, that as parents, whether your children are young like these we saw down here or they're older, maybe even having children of their own, as parents, you are the first line of defense spiritually for your children. Your home should be a spiritual boot camp to prepare your kids for the spiritual challenges that they will face in their life. I love the way Proverbs 22, verse 6 puts it. It says this, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Even when they're old. This verse says that we need to give our children a clear direction on the way they should go. This is training that develops a godly character in them. So regardless of what they experience, they're prepared for it. As parents, we need to instruct them in all these fundamental principles, these godly truths we're going to talk about this morning, starting with what is right and what is wrong, and helping them to be able to discern that. If you have a Bible or you want to follow along on your smartphone, turn to Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter. We're going to use verses six through nine this morning. In this text, <coughs> 
excuse me, Moses gives us a plan to follow in order to train up our children in the way that they should go. Let me read our text. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In this passage, I see three basic steps to prepare our children for the spiritual battle that Moses gives to us in this text. So the first of those steps is personally focused. Personally dwell on God's truth. Personally dwell on God's truth. Look at verse six. Let me read it one more time. It says this. <clears throat> Deuteronomy uh, verse, uh, chapter six, verse six. No problem. I'll just read it here. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. On your hearts. In this verse, Moses describes God's truths as commandments. And the immediate context refers to the commandments in the first, the two verses previous to six. In verses four and five. Which focus on a reference to, the love, to loving God wholeheartedly. And it's a directive. But it can also, this phrase, this term commandments can also include the entire law that God gave to Moses at Mount Sinai. Moses told the Israelites that these words are to be on your hearts. These words should be on our hearts as well. They, that is, the individual needed to constantly reflect on the words of truth in order to remain faithful to God. I love the way Joshua put it in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, when he said this. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. To prepare our kids for a spiritual battle, for them to be prosperous and successful in this fight, we must personally dwell on God's truth because we can't give them something we don't have in here. So we need to dwell on it. We need to soak it up. We need to absorb it so that when it comes time to prep them, we have something to give them. Well, the second step that uh, Moses gives us to prepare our children for the spiritual battle is diligently teach God's truth to your children. Diligently teach God's truth to your children. Not only did the individual Israelite need to constantly reflect on God's truth for themselves, but he needed to pass this truth on to his children as well. Look at verse 7, what he says in verse 7. Impress them, these are these, these God's truth, Impress these truths on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Moses tells us to impress these truths on our children. 
And the word impress could be translated to repeat or to recount. The idea of this word refers to this constant repetition of the truth. And I I like that word that the NIV chose to, to define this with the word impress. It's a visual that we have of impressing the truth on them. The idea here is that when we repeat the truth often over time, it will actually leave an impression on their heart and their minds. This will eventually lead these truths to having a lasting impact through them. It will imprint on them, but it will also leave an impact through them. And it will prepare them for the struggle and the challenge that will come in the spiritual battle. Now, the Northeast Children's Ministry and Student Ministry are here to teach God's truth to kids And we're going to do that without question. We're going to give them everything we possibly can to prepare them. We want to help them to build a relationship with Jesus. We're going to do everything we can to point them directly to Jesus. And we want them to grow in their faith. But the key role of these ministries is to serve as a partner with parents to help them teach God's truth to their kids. We're on your team. Our ministry teams are with your kids only a few hours, maybe three or four hours on average every week. And yet you spend the majority of the 168 hours a week that your kids have. You're the one who spends the majority of time with them. As parents, we are the primary disciplers for our children We're the first line of defense to preparing them for this spiritual battle. Now, in in verse 7, Moses gives us this list. Let me read it to you one more time. He says this. Talk about them, these spiritual truths, when you sit at home or when you walk along the road or when you lie down. And when you get up, he's, he's talking about all of these different scenarios, right? He gave us this list to illustrate that teaching our children is not, to meant, not meant to be a one-time thing or even just a once-a-week kind of activity. Rather, it's to be done continuously as opportunities present themselves. We're, we're to talk about God's truth all the time regardless of location or time of day. Talk about it when they lie down. And when they get up means to talk about God's truth and how to apply it with your kids all day long. We are directed to teach God's truth in every aspect of everyday life. Talk about it when you're enjoying time at home or when you're traveling somewhere. You know, the Israelites didn't have the modernization that we have today, of course. You know, prior to the thousands of years ago, they basically walked everywhere they went. So they had ample time on the journey to talk about life, to talk about how God's truths apply to life. In other words, sharing God's truth was a key component in every aspect of life. And that was important also because God's truth was so important to apply to life. It covered all these human behaviors. Think about it. How you treat others. The simple context of life. How do you treat others? Do you you show respect? Do you 
Do you serve them? Do you show them uh, love? Or are you more a person who bullies people to get your way? Or you intimidate people to get your way? It's something that you and I should talk about with our kids. Show them the difference. Help them see the contrast there. And the biblical model that, that Jesus set is one that you and I can adapt to their lives as well. It's something we should do all day, every day, when we have opportunities. You know, as my kids grew up over time, they sometimes weren't always the most excited about when I would bring up a topic or bring up an opportunity. For instance, I would notoriously ask at different seasons of life, what are you thankful for? Or share something that you're grateful for. And you could almost feel the breeze from the eye rolls of two teenagers, right? But what, what would happen in that moment as we would share, and we've added two son-in-laws to the mix now, and they've been, they've been uh, willing participants in these conversations, is that even though they're in their 30s and mid-30s now, they still rally to that moment where they start to think. Even though they don't want to do it initially, they start to think about it. And then what happens? They share a story. They share something they're grateful for or something they're thankful for. And it might be someone who's sitting across the table. And it changes the dynamic. And we start to see God's word kind of come alive. It's a powerful moment. And it can happen at any age, not just adults, but it can happen at the littlest of ages. Let me give you a couple suggestions on what you might do in order to invest them. Just an idea, to prime the pump, to get you thinking. You're going to come up with better ideas than anything I will because you know your kids more specifically. But I want you to think about this. What if, those of you that have small kids, that if when you went to put them to bed, you just took a few minutes and read from a children's Bible, their children's Bible, and they saw the value of you using this book to impart God's word to them. And you could just read, you don't have to read a hundred verses, just read a couple verses and talk about how they might apply that to their lives or what that actually means. And then that's the last thing they think about before they head off to sleep. Maybe it becomes part of their normal bedtime routine. You might even start reading it to them to get into the habit, even before they can understand or can talk. You'll be surprised. Our, I was driving down New Circle Road, and some of you will remember, uh, at the mall there were anchor stores, and we drove by a, a tractor trailer that had the name of one of the anchor stores on the side. And, and Bailey, our oldest, she was not really talking, but she's a word here, a word there. But she said, look, McAlpins. <laughs> and I thought, we got to work on our discipleship because uh, Jesus should be the word coming out, right? But, but you'll be surprised. They pick up more and more than you realize. So start early and start often. Or maybe you have teenagers in your home. Maybe what you should do is carve out a few moments at mealtime, to have a conversation about something that comes from God's word. Start with the Sermon on the Mount and walk through those truths there. And just say, hey, how would we apply this in our lives today? 
How would you apply it? Maybe steal a little bit of time while you're driving from one place to another. We're in the car so much, aren't we? Going from practice to, to this lesson to school and back. And just carve out a little bit of time. Capture moments throughout the day to share God's truth with your kids. Regardless of whether they're brand new little ones, or all the way up to adulthood, and now you're in the role where Ann and I find ourselves as grandparents. We're getting the opportunity to invest in the next two generations now. Don't miss that. Okay, the last step, the third step to preparing your kids for the spiritual battle Moses gives us in verses 8 and 9 is share God's truth with the entire community. Share God's truth with the entire community. Here Moses figuratively speaks of wearing copies of the commandments on our bodies. Look what he says in verse 8. He says this. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Now, some people have taken this literally and they actually wear small leather boxes with scrolls with commandments on them inside those boxes. They wear them on their foreheads and they wear them on their shoulders. But most likely Moses meant this to be a figurative way of stressing the importance of God's truth. The idea here is that the Israelites were to constantly have God's truth in their focus and on their minds in order to continuously observe it. A careful observance of God's truth will translate our love and our faithfulness toward God into action. And that will be a public demonstration of this faith that we have in God and the difference it can make in a person's life. Because we, we say it, it's made a difference in our lives. And here's why. And that will have a profound impact witnessing to all those who you get to encounter. It'll change your community. And then finally, Moses commanded the Israelites to remember God's truths every time they left their homes and came back. This is what he declared in verse 9 of our text. He says, write them, that's these God's truths again, on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, as one passed through their door, the word would be, there would be a truth on the door frame. They would see God's truth and they'd be reminded to live faithfully throughout that day. Now, the gates most likely refer to the gates of their city. Because in ancient Israel, most houses didn't have personal gates. But the city gate, that was an important place. That was the seat of community government. That was where the city leaders would congregate and they would decide community issues. And so the principles of God, his truths, were vitally important to that gathering. Because it influenced the whole city, the whole community. Truths like honesty and unconditional love should be there because they needed to be reminded regularly as those who would provide governance over the city. But also they would serve as a reminder for everyone who leads a family or to each individual life as you lead your own life. Thus, writing God's laws on the doorposts of houses, on the gates of the community, figuratively demonstrates that God's truths are to be the foundation for every aspect of our community. God's truth was not only to influence individuals and family households, but they were to influence entire cities. And when a city where you and I live is influenced by God's truth, 
we can start reclaiming ground that the enemy, our spiritual enemy, had previously controlled. And that helps to spiritually protect all those who live in this community, especially the, the spiritually, those who are spiritually young in their faith. Many of those would be our kids. So let me recap what we've talked about this morning, and hopefully you can take this, and regardless of where you might be in the journey of life, brand new parent, or maybe a grandparent, or maybe an aunt or an uncle, or somebody who has invested in kids in student ministry or children's ministry, or maybe you're just a leader here, and you want to be more efficient and effective in influencing our kids. Let me give you a recap. To prepare our children for spiritual battle, we need to we uh, need to do three things. Number one, invest God's truth in your own heart. Your child needs to see you showing them how to live God's truth, right? Trust me, they'd rather see a sermon from you than hear one any day, all right? So keep that in mind. Let them see it. Number two, impress God's truth into your child's mind and heart. Mom and dad, they need you to disciple them. You know, I said that in the first service, and I saw a young family sitting back over here, and I saw the mom do this. She went, like, you know what? That is right. They need you to be their disciplers. Remember, there's a simple strategy that I want to give you here. It's very simple to remember. Teach, train, trust. Remember those three words. Teach them the truth. Train them to apply it. And then trust them to live it out. Teach them the truth. Trust, uh, train them to apply it. And then trust them to live it out. And then thirdly, share God's truth with your community. Shine the light of God's truth in the place where you live, where you work, and where you play. Let people know that Jesus means something to you deeply. It might change their lives. God's truth has the power to change hearts and minds of those who experience it. God is in the transformation business. There will be people who will be in heaven someday because of those conversations, because of those examples that you've set. And this can change those lives, not just in the moment, but for all eternity. And that will change your community as well. And you know who benefits from it? Everybody, especially our kids especially for those who are new to the faith. Some of you are doing a great job, and I just applaud you, and I want to champion you on and say, keep going. And some of you, you're just learning, hey, we do need to be disciple makers of our kids. Let's step it up. Link arms with your spouse. If you're a single parent and you need some help, you, you come to us, children's ministry, student ministry. We're here. We're going to walk with you. We're going to encourage you. We'll stand with you. We'll help you. All right, let me close with this. My parents gave my three siblings and I numerous opportunities to learn God's truth. Um, weekly, they took us to worship, they took us to Sunday school, they took us to youth group in the evening and Sunday night church. My mom had us memorizing the books of the Bible when we were just in first and second grade. And all these verses that our, that our youth group, our first through third grade youth group, had said, hey, you should learn these. And so my mom said, okay, we're learning them, right? I went to junior high camp 
And they had sent this thing out that said, you have to memorize most of the first chapter of the book of John. So my mom says, hey, they said you got to memorize it. So you memorize it. And so I was memorizing and I got to camp. I got almost the entire first chapter of the book of John memorized. And I get there and I found out no other kid had memorized it. It was like something the camp sent out, but nobody else memorized it. And I was like walking around going, yeah, I know the book of John, first chapter, you know, kind of a big deal at junior high camp. No one was impressed, trust me, okay? But it was somewhere in elementary that I started, that stuff started to make sense to me. And I met with my preacher at home, a guy by the name of Charlie Johnson, and he talked to me about what it meant to follow Jesus. And I was 10 and I took that step of faith and I said, I'm ready, you know, Jesus, I want you as my Lord and as my Savior. And I confess that to the church and I was baptized into him at the age of 10. But that didn't, that wasn't where it stopped. I mean, we continued to, to take opportunities to grow and my faith started to grow as a result. And my parents, they sent me to church camp. They sent me youth retreats. They sent me to lock in. I think they were trying to get rid of me at times, to be honest with you, but they were sending me to service projects, all kinds of, every fun activity our youth group did, I went to it. In fact, we went roller skating one, one Monday night every month. It was like church skate night. Now, I know that doesn't transfer much, very well to today's, today's era, but it was, it was a time for me to connect with the body. And that's what was happening. I was learning in so many of these different opportunities, these different environments. And I was connecting to the body of Christ and I was growing. They all had an impact. All of these things had some impact on me and my growth, but it was the Christ in Youth conferences that impacted me the most. It was in those conferences that I attended that my faith in Jesus began to deepen, and it became, I would say it probably became more personal to me. You know, I'd been drafting off what my parents had said, and I believed those things, but it was in that moment, those high school years, where I started to realize this isn't just about me because of them. This is about me because of who Jesus is. And it was in that senior year that I decided that I was going to follow Jesus into ministry. I told my parents that I was going to Cincinnati Bible College, which was 600 miles away. I was going to study there for the ministry. And they supported that. They never once said, no, don't do that. Or maybe you should reconsider that. They supported me. And I know that they were sad, my mom especially, that I was going so far away. But the truth is they've been preparing me for this my whole life. They've been preparing me to know Jesus and grow in him and expand my, my faith in him. And so they really weren't all that surprised when I said, you know what? This is the course that God has called me to. They have been preparing me for the spiritual battle. And I pray that together we can support you to help you prepare your kids for when the fight calls. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so grateful for our kids. Thank you for the children you've entrusted to us, Lord, and the grandchildren. They are a tremendous blessing us. Lord, use us to prepare them to know you and your word. 
We want them to be ready for the spiritual challenges that they're going to face. I know they're going to face. Lord, help us to teach them the way they should go. Give us the awareness of the right times to talk about your truths with them so that those truths will take root in our kids' hearts and their minds. So, God, that they'll always follow you so that they will be prepared for when the fight calls. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name.